Welcome in to the Quite Frankly Podcast, episode 41. Your host, Jared Taylor, here with Kebo again. Kebo, how you doing? I'm a little tired, Jerry. A little tired after today, but... Uh, well, Fridays are always tough in the banking industry, correct? They are, but when the when the first and the third both fall on the weekend, um, we get the Social Security crop along with the Friday crop all in one. So uh, we, we literally just about ran out of money today. It that was, is never uh, good when a bank runs out of money. I hope my, no. my bank never runs out of money. Well, we didn't. You know, keyword there being almost. Right. But um, we, we got dangerously close. We ran out of quarters. Like mm. We were out of quarters. So <laughs> if any of the businesses that came up to try to get them after about 2 o'clock today, they were just crap out of luck. So what, you're, so what you're saying is if you were having a yard sale tomorrow, you probably didn't want to come to, to your branch and get any, any quarters and and nickels and dimes. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> one guy come in, one guy come in later and uh he wanted to withdraw a hundred dollars all in ones and all I had was a fed strap of ones back in the back. So if he was going to the club, uh he had some pretty straight ones he was taking. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's probably exactly where he was going. I guarantee he was going to the club. <laughs> all right. Well uh this episode is episode forty one. How many uh forty ones can you come up with there, Kevin? Ooh, 41. I'm not really coming up with much of anything. I feel like there's a picture that's 41 that I'm just missing. Well, we'll have to think about that over the next uh, few minutes. Give me a minute. Come up with something. But uh, not a whole lot going on. We just uh, wanted to kind of get in a little bit of uh, college baseball. And uh, the Clemson Tigers and the South Carolina Gamecocks are both – uh, in action this weekend against each other, as a matter of fact. Right. As we record right now on Friday night, the game is on. We are watching it. We can give you some live updates, and if you should happen to not be watching it and you listen to this podcast later, you'll <laughs> know what happened. Live, but not really. So uh, right now the Gamecocks are defeating the Tigers 5-4. Uh, to four. It is the top of the sixth inning. And uh, the Gamecocks have just come back into bat. We'll kind of keep you posted if there's anything that pops up. But we kind of wanted to give you an idea of how the season was going so far. If you're uh, not as familiar, uh, both teams are sitting here at 7-1 and one on the season. Uh, the Tigers lost the third game of the opening series against South Alabama, 4-3. to three, And the Gamecocks lost the first game of the season against Liberty. Yep, lost on, op- lost on opening day to Liberty. And, uh, and it rolled off seven, seven straight, straight. yeah. Yep. So the Tigers in uh, the opening weekend took two out of three, uh, six to two and seven to two against South Alabama. Uh, won a midweek game against Charlotte. Actually, the midweek game got moved to Monday. I think it was supposed to be on Tuesday, but it got moved to Monday. And then the Wednesday game uh, got postponed. But the Tigers defeated Charlotte seven to six. And then uh, the weekend series beat VMI with a sweep eight to six, eight to two, and 11 to six. And then they uh, won a midweek game this week against East Tennessee State. So the Tigers and Gamecocks are playing tonight in Clemson, uh, which is an absolute miracle that they're getting this game in because yeah. of the rain that came through today. But the field the field drains really good. Clemson has a really good crew. And uh, I don't know if they still use this thing, but they they used to have – and we I think we've talked about this before, but they used to have this thing. It looks like one of those big rollers that you – packed down asphalt with mm-hmm. but it's got a big sponge around both of the rollers and they roll that thing yes yes yeah they called it the super soaker mm. and so they would roll over the outfield grass and soak all that water up and then when the when the the tanks got full they would take it back over and they had this pipe that came out and they would just spray it out into the drain system um so that was pretty cool i, I you know with all that rain we've had recently i i text my brother and i said uh hey i've i've just wanted to tell you, I saw uh, Shorty was uh, one of the grounds crew members that he was a good friend with, and I said, "I said, hey, I just saw Shorty driving the uh, Super Soaker down Highway 29 in Spartanburg," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he thought that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, get back to the game. the uh, The game tomorrow uh, on Saturday is the neutral site game. It'll actually be held in Greenville, and then uh, Sunday's game will be at noon in Columbia. Uh, at the uh, at the Gamecocks, and Wait, then did, is it at Floor or is it at uh at the Firefly Stadium? No, that's next year. Oh, is that and next I, year? Okay. I think we talked about that last time, and I was wrong. It actually okay. is, it is at Floor this year, one o'clock on Saturday, and then next year I think it goes to the Firefly Stadium. Gotcha. Uh, which we've talked about that. I, I think that 
I think that stinks personally um, because and well, not, not, not not because it's in Columbia and, and not because it's not a neutral site game. I mean, it is a neutral site game. It's not at their stadium. They don't get all the tickets. The tickets are split 50-50, and there will be a lot of Clemson fans there. Mm-hmm. But for me, I look at it as – you know, for the state as a whole. You know, I think it ought to bounce around from Greenville to Fort Mill to, you know, uh, Myrtle Beach to Charleston to – She played at Tempkin. To North Augusta, yeah, to Union, <laughs> uh, Salkahatchee. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it ought to bounce around. I don't think – I think it's unfair to the rest of the state that Columbia gets two days' worth of economic boost. Not that it's a, a huge economic boost, but mm-hmm. still – um, I don't. I don't think it's fair. I think the other cities in the state would would love to have it, and they've got the stadiums to do it because mm-hmm. Myrtle Beach has a minor league stadium. Yeah. Uh, you know, Charleston has one. North Augusta has one, and they actually did it at North Augusta. Was that last year or the year before last? I don't know. But it was at a brand new. It was a brand new stadium that they built for the for the uh, Augusta whatever they are. Shoot, it wouldn't hurt my fans. They did the whole series at Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I think that may would be cool. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, you want to play, you want to have a home game against right. your arch rival, but I don't know. Well, Maybe you want to have that. Again or that's going to be know. the best crowd you have come in all year, so that's you definitely true. want to have them come into your place at least once. Um, but, uh, but you know, I mean, you could do you could do different things with it. I, I kind of like the way that they do it, as opposed to having all three at Clemson or all three at South Carolina, or even having two of the three at Cle- two of three at Clemson and a neutral site, and then two and three, two out of three out of Carolina and a neutral site. Mm-hmm. Next year, I kind of like the way that they do it. But um, tell the folks a little bit about Carolina season, how it's gone so far, Kevin. Well, like we said, um, you know they lost opening day and they've really bounced back and um, they've had some come from behind wins, especially against Utah Valley. Um, I guess that was last weekend. Um, you know, with the rain that's just been over the entire southeast. We're going to have to start renting canoes or something, Jerry. I don't know what's going going on. But I've, I've been telling people I feel like I live in Seattle. I'm telling you, a, it, it rains every day, and there's a Starbucks on every corner. <laughs> That's a good point. But, um, yeah, I mean, they they were able to get those games in last week. Like you said, like, like just like tonight's game is a miracle. But, um, you know, Friday's game, they were down 6 nothing. Uh, it seemed like, and uh, came back, and I think – Hung double digits. I think they got. I think it was ten to six or ten to seven, something like that. Which um, which game? Friday. Friday night. Friday we ended up fifteen to three. Oh wow! So it was. Wait a minute. Sunday ended up ten to three. Okay. Dang, I must be way off. They were getting beat by somebody pretty bad. Maybe it was three to nothing. I don't know. But um. Anyway, they. I mean, they they've they've bounced back from that open day loss and had some pretty good pitching performances. Their bullpens. Been better than the starters so far. I mean, Reed Morgan's been really good. Um, he's the the Sunday starter. Um, he's pitched 14 innings, 11 hits, uh, 12 strikeouts, and the most surprising stat so far, no walks in 14 innings. So that, that's good from your Sunday starter that oh, he's absolutely. not all over the place. So Now, um, that can be – that also can be – That can be, be that he's all, over the, he's all over the strike zone. Yeah. Right, well th- – that that uh, that was kind of how I pitched when I was in high school, and then we went down to Lockhart one year and got absolutely rocked. Mm-hmm. And I got to talking to some of those guys when we played Legion ball, and I, and I was like, well, "What did y'all do?" He's like, "Dude, Matt Matt Latham and Matt Farr told me that later on they said we read an article in the Union Daily Times that talked about how you had pitched a hundred innings and walked like five people. So like so we you knew you were going to be all over the plate. plate so yeah. we just started swinging at everything." <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, that's good a good, very good point. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Reed Morgan's probably been the, you know, the surprise so far, and he's been the best starter that we've had. Um, you know, looking at some more of the, of the stats here, you know, Dylan Harley's a freshman. Uh, he's been the, the Saturday starter so far. And um, in two starts, he's only, he's only made it six and two-thirds. But, you know, he's had 11 strikeouts. So, he's got some, he's got some put-away stuff. It's just that um, – and see, his problems is he's got five walks and six and two-thirds in, and so his problem is control. So, right. Um, you know, um, Mazanski had been pretty good, you know, uh, but he had eight walks and eight and a third innings and seven strikeouts. So, I mean, the, the other two starters, uh, you know, opposed to uh, Reed Morgan have been all over the place, and he's been had what seems like pinpoint control. But, um, you know, Mazinski – that injury tonight did not look very good, and we saw a while ago that 
Um, he was on crutches and looked yeah. like to have an air cast on his on his left ankle. So that's not a good sign for Carolina fans in your when your Friday night starter um, has to be carried off the field. Yeah, um, it, it didn't look that bad. I know you were on the road when it happened, and it didn't look that bad when it happened initially. Like there was no point in his motion or anything like that where I looked at it and I thought, "Ooh, he just got hurt." Yeah, but like. They they literally had two people with arms around him, and he was hopping on one foot all the way off the field. And as you just saw, they you know they're taking him out of there with crutches. So yeah, um, anytime that happens, it it can't be good. And you know, a lot of times, the the scariest thing about ACL and MCL and PCL injuries is a lot of times it just kind of happens or meniscus injuries. Right. My brother tore his meniscus getting up from the bathtub, wash, you know, to giving the baby a bath. He was on his knees and he just stood up and tore his meniscus. Jeez. So it doesn't have to be anything, you know, real. Oh, come on, dude. Real uh, crazy that happens, and you can just tear those things. You can just be planting, or you can, you know, your your uh, your plant leg hits, uh, and you know it hits the wrong way, and it just pops something in there. So hopefully that's not it. That's it. Sorry, I. That's great catching on, ability dude. right there, Barry Hill. Barry Hill just dropped one behind the plate. Yeah, it's going to come back to bite us. I guarantee. Sky high pop up. In his defense, that is a tough play. But oh, you it's very still, tough. You still got to make it. Very tough. Speaking of Barry Hill, though, getting to our lineup, he's been he's been very good behind, not only behind the plate but with the bat. Um, in eight games, he's got eleven RBIs, two home runs. He's hitting three fifty seven. Um, so that's pretty good yeah, for your that's, backstop back that's there. Solid. Um, and. The guy that I said that's Carolina's best player um, has proved to be so when he can be healthy, and that's T.J. Hopkins uh, hitting at a three thirteen clip, and that was before his three run home run tonight. Yeah. Um, so, um, but he yeah, had you, going you, into the you game. Said that. Do what? You, yeah, you said that he would he would be the best one. Yeah, and um, you know he stole a couple of bases so far, and uh, you know he, he he he's Carolina's best player. He really is. Him he and Noah Campbell, I think, had a potential to be good, but. Jacob Olson's really stepped up with the bat. Last year, he was either home run or strikeout. Like that was, uh, it was ridiculous how many times, how many, how little singles he had last year. I'd like to go back and look and see his stats. It was just absurd. Um, but he stepped up. Um, he's only made one error in the field over there at the hot corner so far in eight games. That's not bad. No, you know, not we bad said at that all. would be tough for him to move over there to to third base because it's a lot different from playing right field. But um, so he stepped up and done a pretty good job. Currently, though, the, the weakness um, in Carolina's lineup is the nine hole and the shortstop, uh, Nick Neville. He's been awful. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. He's hitting, he was hitting 148 coming into tonight, and uh, he's 0 for 3 with two strikeouts so far tonight. So wow. It's, it's not great. Uh, that's that's going to put him under 130. Um, and I mean, but I think the reason why he's in the lineup is because of his glove, and he, like Olsen, has only made one error so far this year. So. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's probably why he's in the lineup and you kinda it's one of those kinda like Jackie Bradley with the Red Sox when he first came up, he was so good with the glove you could afford to yeah. have him in the nine hole. Um, I think Neville's that kind of guy. Um Cullen's been playing some pretty good first base, but he's been a little banged up. Um He is playing he tonight. He is playing though. tonight. And Noah Campbell's been banged up as well. He's also in the lineup tonight. Um then you got guys like uh Andrew Eister who's hitting three ten. Uh, Brady Allen hitting 280. Um, Quentin Perez, who's kind of a kind of a do it all guy, um, kind of a utility man. He's hit, hitting 238, but he's had some had some pretty good games so far in his, in his Carolina career. You know, going down through when you're looking through at the stats, there's a lot of guys that you may have not heard of before, and we talked about that. You know, in the in the preview show, really, yeah. that there's been quite a few of them for Clemson pop up that I didn't even know were on the team. Well, and the same with Carolina, especially some of the bullpen arms, and that's, I mean, that's you know, I, you can definitely see that um, with with college, but um, you know, they I really, and like I said before, that's not necessarily a bad thing when you see a um, when, when you see a lot of new names because some of those some of those guys are JUCO transfers, and you know. A lot of the guys, especially with programs like Carolina and Clemson, um, if they're coming, they're highly touted. They've been drafted before. Right. So, um, you know, new names not, doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to be good. And I think really both of these teams, from what I've seen so far, um, are going to have a good year regardless of how this how this series transpires. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and, and, you know, like I just said, we, we, talked, a, we talked a lot about um, – 
different guys last podcast that we thought were going to get some playing time. And, and I think for Carolina and Clemson both, we've not seen as much as some of those guys. I, I think about a Justin Hawkins. Justin Hawkins has uh, been in two games this year and had two at-bats. He's 0 for 2 and with two strikeouts. Mm. Um, little did I think that we would see a guy named Briar Hawkins who is hitting 429. Now, he's only played in three games, but he's three for seven uh, with a home run and, and, uh, and, and two runs scored. But, you know, he's not a name that was even on my radar when mm. we were, we were kind of doing the preseason thing. Um, and another one I've been surprised by is Bryce Teodosio. When I talked about that, you know, Teodosio didn't hit real well last year. He, mm-hmm. he was injured for a lot of the season, but when he did play, he wasn't very good. I think he was like a 192 hitter. He's your leading hitter right now at 393. Um, that 11, includes a salami, right? 11 for 28. Yeah, he's hit three bombs already and 11 RBIs. He hit. The funny thing was, was uh, last weekend, I think it was, I was watching the game in there, and Lacey and, and the kids were sitting there watching it with me, and the bases were loaded, and I was like, watch this. He's going to strike out. Guarantee it. And he hits a grand slam. And I'm he like, struck one Lace, out okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lace, that's, Lace, that's exactly what Lacey said. Lacey said, yeah, good call there. I said, yeah. I told you he was going to strike one out. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what he did. But um, he's, been hitting, he's been hitting pretty good. And then, you know, some of the other ones that you kind of knew what you were going to get, they've, they've been about like you thought they were. You know, Logan Davidson, you're, you're getting what you thought out of him. Sam Hall, Jordan Green, um, but we and Grayson Bird as well. Kind of what we talked about, though, was Clemson was going to rely on a lot of freshmen. And no freshman has been bigger for Clemson than Davis Sharp. I didn't really – I knew he was going to be a pitcher. I didn't really realize how much he was going to be swinging the bat. He's hitting 381 with two home runs and five RBIs over six games. And he's starting at DH when he's not pitching. And then one the, – the Friday night game or the Saturday game last weekend, he hit and pitched in the same game. Wow. So – like I said, he's hitting 381 at the plate. What do you think he's doing on the mound? Well, from what you've told me, he's uh, he's been pretty impressive. 11 innings pitched over two starts, no runs given up, not even wow. an unearned run. Um, he has struck out 19 batters over 11 innings in his first two collegiate starts. That's impressive. And uh, uh, is he the he's the midweek guy? No, he's the Saturday starter. Okay. Yeah, and then oh, I'm sorry, we were talking about the midweek guy earlier. Yeah, I'm going to get to yeah. him in just a second. The Sunday starter is the one that's been struggling a little bit. Justin Robleski, he's a lefty, but he's got he's got really good stuff. He's just gotten himself into some trouble. He's given up seven earned over nine and a third innings. But I think you're going to see him. Uh, I think you're going to see him end up, you know, doing a lot better. He. He doesn't. He, he doesn't tend to get in. Well, one game he got into some early trouble, but then the other he got into some late trouble. But the one that's really impressed me is uh, Keyshawn Askew, uh, and he's the midweek guy that I was telling you about earlier. He's uh, he's given up three earned runs over ten in the third innings, but but both of his starts. I know the first start he had a no hitter into the fifth inning, and then the second start he had a no hitter until the fifth inning. Uh, he retired the first 12 batters he faced. And the, the the midweek game this week, he didn't give up any runs at all. But the one before, he uh, he got in a little trouble. I think he gave up one while he was on the mound. And then the and then there was two runners on that ended up scoring on the bullpen. But um, he's, he's looked really good. And then your relievers, you've got a bunch of relievers that are running out there with zero ERAs. Carson Spires uh, hasn't given up a run. Sam Weatherly, Holt Jones, Jackson Lindley, Ryan Huggins, Connor O'Rear, None of those guys have given up any runs. Uh, Travis Marr has only given up one. Matt Clark, who's been throwing right now for Clemson, he's only given up two runs. Uh, and then some of your some of your older guys are the ones that have been giving up a few runs. Owen Griffith has given up a run um, in uh, in two innings pitched. And then Jacob Hennessy, man, I think we figured out why he's not one of the weekend starters. <laughs> yeah, Hennessy came in relief in in uh, two games and has given up five earned over three and a third. Not great. So uh, he's going to have to get it together if he's going to take a, a, a bigger role. Uh, I think we just automatically just penciled him in there because he was one of the weekend starters last year. But I don't right. know what's going on with him. I don't know if he's just been if he's just been passed or or if he's just not improved or I don't know what's going on with him. But he's he's not getting the job done uh, so far this season. Interesting stat for you, Kevin. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but there have been four Clemson freshmen this year whose first collegiate hit has been a home run. Wow. Yep. Davis Sharp hit a home run on his first at bat. Um, 
Briar Hawkins hit a home run on his first uh, – I don't know if Sharp was his first at bat, but it was his first hit. Hawkins hit one on his first at bat. Hackenberg hit one on his first at bat. And then I'm not sure who the other one is. Um, maybe Michael Green. No, I think Michael Green was a transfer. But we talked about Hackenberg a little bit um, and, and how well he's been doing. I think the two home runs that he's hit have been a little bit deceiving as to as well as he's been doing because those are his only two hits of the season. Uh-huh. He's actually hitting a 182 clip um, over four starts. But like we talked about earlier, the good thing about him is is he's given Wilkie some time behind the plate. Right. Wilkie caught every game last year. and so That's, all, a, that's a crazy stat. Already for, for through high school, even much less college. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you mean that just doesn't happen. Catchers take a they take a beating back there sometimes, yep. and especially especially with colleges. And it's not even like the major leagues where those dudes are like in the major leagues. You know, those dudes have pinpoint control. Sometimes in college, the dudes are trying to figure it out, and you're taking some off the chest, you're yeah. taking some off the arm, off the face. Even that's a tough job to be a college catcher, and for him to catch every game, that's. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. And now I will say this: Hackenberg is not as good as a catcher, good of a as good of a catcher as uh, Wilkie. But he is, is a but, freshman too, right? But, right, he's yeah. a freshman, and and if he can just give you serviceable time back there to give Wilkie a break, yeah. then uh, you know then he's that's, doing his job. That's a huge plus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, you, you've seen Chad Ferry run out there. He was a name I wasn't very familiar with. Uh, you've seen Michael Green run out there. Neither one of those guys are, are knocking the cover off the ball. Chad Ferry's not even hitting the ball. He's 0 for 14 on the season. Yikes. Um, and he started four games. Michael Green has started seven games. He's hitting 160, which is crazy because he had like two or three hits in the first game of the season. He's only got, you know, one or two since then. Um, but I think if it, Kier Meredith is hitting 429 over three, uh, three games, two starts. I think you're going to end up seeing him a lot more because he just gives you so much defensively and he gives you so much speed on the field. And he's playing tonight. Uh, and he's play, yeah, he's playing tonight. So I think you're going to end up seeing seeing some more of him. But um, but taking a look at the schedules coming up, Clemson's got um, Clemson's got a midweek game at Floor Field against Furman uh, this week, and then the uh, the next weekend series is going to be North Carolina. Uh, that'll be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 8th through 10th. Um, and it'll be at home. Then they've got a midweek game against Coastal Carolina. And then they've got a home weekend series against Notre Dame. Uh, uh, two games midweek uh, against College of Charleston. College of Charleston comes to Clemson uh, on Tuesday, March 19th. And then they play a neutral site game in Columbia on Wednesday the 20th. And then the Tigers will take their first road uh, weekend road trip to Boston College the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. You got the Gamecock schedule there? I don't have it with me. No. All right. I can get it real quick if this website will start acting right. Well, while you're doing that, I mean, that's a pretty good ACC matchup coming here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, North Carolina, that's a big boy there. Yeah, absolutely. North Carolina always has a really good baseball team. And um, and that's, a, like you said, a good little series coming in, coming into Tiger Town. Uh, I think the Clemson fans will – pack it out for that weekend yeah. series it's always uh, always good baseball uh when you've got north carolina and clemson getting together the gamecocks um this coming week have two midweek games tuesday um at home against the citadel and wednesday at home against uh gardner webb they've got valparaiso coming to town for the weekend series next weekend and then they they've got uh, a game at the citadel on tuesday the 12th and then they kick it off at home against Georgia for their okay. first first weekend series of the conference schedule, they've got uh, they've got Furman at Furman. I don't know; it doesn't indicate that that's a neutral site game, so they must be playing at Furman. Uh, and then they go to Tennessee, the twenty third uh, or twenty second through twenty fourth. So that'll be their first road uh, conference series. It will be at Tennessee. So, um, any other thoughts on on baseball? Kevin? Well, one thing I was going to say, um, and I just wanted to get your thoughts, uh, this is just how I feel. I think there's one thing that uh, both Carolina and Clemson have in common, and just from what I've seen um, in the in the time watching them uh, after they've taken the job, I think both teams are very well coached. I oh, think yeah. I think they have – both teams have very good managers, and I, this is coming from a Carolina fan. I, I mean, I thought Monty Lee was a good coach to begin with, but – I think most Clemson fans would say 
the upgrade from Chad Holbrook to Mark Kingston is, I mean, infinite. Yeah. I mean, because Kingston knows what he's doing. I mean, I mean, it's obvious. He knows what he's doing. Just like we were watching a while ago. Um, and for people that are that were watching the game or um, may read about it, um, they hit a fly ball to T.J. Hopkins in the in the outfield, and um, I mean he made the catch, and he, he didn't really realize that the you know when it, the the, uh, the incline the incline <laughs> the there, incline yeah the incline warning track, track yeah uh, and, and kind of stumbled and fell back into the fence, and he was trying to transfer the ball to his hand to throw it back in there, and when his arm hit the fence, it fell out. Well. Um, I guess Wilkie's the one that hit it, right? I'm not. I don't remember or who it was. Was he on? No, it was no, Green he, that hit it. Was Wilkie first. was Green on first, right? And um, but Kingston wanted to go out there because they threw it in and ended up, um, you know, forcing Wilkie at second. Well, he was wanting to. He wanted to find a way to get Wilkie back to first base because he knew that Green uh, would be faster. Green was faster, and like like Pete Yandy said, anything that can get the catcher out of his routine, like you know, go back in, get your gear on, get because that throws everything off because you got the so, you know, just just the little stuff like that is the things that I like. Holbrook's dumb tail never would have thought to do that. Right, he'd just been sitting there twiddling his thumb. So, I mean, I I just from the time I've seen, you know that. You saw last year when Kingston took over, they they were struggling a little bit out of the gate, and even in the SEC yeah. play, they were struggling. But when he started implementing his stuff, and you know, he got Skylar Mead in there, and both of those guys were working with those guys on the t- uh, all the you know the younger dudes and some of the you know the upperclassmen showed leadership that they had never really shown before for for Holbrook, and even like guys like LT Tolbert and um, you know TJ Hopkins said that this was a this was a different environment than it was in the years past. So, I'm just, uh, the future for Carolina baseball is very bright, way brighter than it ever had a chance to be. Um, There's another drive. Okay, that may be. Deep to center. Ooh. Oh, and he catches it at the 390 sign. Who hit the that? Ga- Hopkins? The Gamecocks just about hit another home run, which would have made it 6-4. to four. But mm. Teodosio is there at the wall to make the catch. My goodness. Yeah, that one was uh, – that one was a little little troubling as a Clemson fan when he hit it, because I've seen that ball come off of there tonight, mm-hmm. and it, and I've I've seen it look just like that. And be gone though. Yeah, yeah, yep. and yeah, and you knew it too uh, when it happened. But but like I said, Jerry, you know I think I think Carolina's headed in the right direction. I think Kingston's a good coach. I think they made the right hire. And like I said, for the years that you know, Monty Lee's been at Clemson, he's done nothing but show that he's a a great manager. Well. I'll uh, I'll say this about Holbrook first off. Um, I was in a conversation about college baseball the other day, and, and this tells you how memorable Chad Holbrook was as a Clemson fan. Um, the person that I was talking to, neither one of us could remember who the former coach at South Carolina was. Mm. We could remember Kingston, but we couldn't remember Holbrook's name. And uh, so if that tells you anything, (laughs) if that tells you anything about how how memorable his stint was at South Carolina, uh, then that should be telling. Um, As far as Clemson is concerned, you know, looking at the at the same thing, we talked about it a little bit, how we how we thought that Clemson was going to be small ball. And I haven't seen this um, in the last couple of days. But after the after the uh, weekend series last weekend, Clemson was actually second in the country in home runs. So a lot of the runs that they've been scoring have been home runs, which is good. But at the same time, and there's another deep drive to right center field this time. This one's going to be caught. But the issue with that is, Kevin, is just like tonight, Clemson's left the bases loaded with one out and got no runs. And they've had two runners on and one out a time or two and gotten no runs. And so at some point you got to stop relying on that long ball and you got to start right. manufacturing some of those runs. Now they yep. did get runners at first and third on uh, uh, the the fourth run that they scored, but I mean still, you know, you still ended up with runners at first and second and and one out and didn't get any didn't score any more runs. Right. So you you've got to you've got to start having those clutch hits. You in my opinion, which as a baseball player and as a fan of a team, you know, if you don't score a touchdown every time you have the ball, it's a failure. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just kind of the mentality that you have uh, as a fan. But anytime we leave runners on base, I'm mad about it. So it's always going to seem like we left too many runners on base, right. especially when you lose. And, and if, you know, if Clemson loses this game, 
in my opinion, that will be why they left too many runners on base. Yeah. And uh, so I'd have to agree. Yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of that. Hopefully, um, hopefully it won't be too long before we have another podcast. We can talk a little bit more about college baseball and kind of how the season's going. And the reason I we kind of been running on that three two to three week uh, uh, lag time in between podcasts here recently. So I uh, gave the schedule for for the next three weeks. So we're well, we I mean and. Compared to what it's been in the past, we've done pretty good here. Right, so, right. That's you know, true. We can we can try to get on a more consistent basis. Well, and the other thing too, the 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 problem and the thing that I wanna I wanna make sure that we're doing is, I wanna make sure we're doing them fairly recent, you know, fairly uh, short time frames in between because yeah, well, we're not talking about the national championship at the end of February, right? And, and yeah. we're not and we're not sitting here talking for two and a half hours, you right. know, and because. I want to I want to I want to be cognizant of people's time. You know, most people maybe have at tops a thirty minute drive to work, and and you know maybe they listen to half of it on the way to work and half of it on the way home, but they don't want to do that for two or three days. That's true. So uh, and I don't want to do it for two or three days because I go back and listen to us, which may be weird, but I go back and listen to us to just see what kind of dorks we sound like uh, on the radio. Certified so, dorks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, no break tonight because we're not running that long, but I want to touch on uh, football a little bit because. It doesn't seem like it's been three weeks since the season ended, but we're into spring practice already. It is wild, and so there's some there's some interesting storylines coming out of Clemson that I've that I want to touch on, and there's probably a few coming out of South Carolina that that you want to touch on as well. Um, and let's just go ahead and start right there. Kind of, uh, is there anything that you've really seen popping out of camp so far out of spring practice that? You, you feel like Bear's mentioning, and then I, I've got a couple questions I want to ask you too and, and kind of get your thoughts on some of that. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, I've been I'm following Gamecock Central, and I think the same goes for the, for the Clemson guys. They haven't had much access to the practice. It's been like 20, 30 minutes at most. Um, and from what the Carolina guys saw, it was basically the quarterbacks throwing into a net, like they weren't really throwing to live bodies at all. Um, but from what I've seen, they said Helensky throws a pretty good ball, which, I mean, you can say that about anybody when he's throwing into a net. Right. Um, but um, another another young guy that they say really looks the part, um, other than Zach Pickens, obviously, and I'll get to him in a second, but Joseph Anderson, they say he is built like – I mean, he's the real deal, and they think he's going to be – he's going to be an early impact freshman. He's going to get some, some playing time early, and – Zach Pickens, you know, they, they were uh, talking to T Rob about it after after day one and he said, you know, he's he's got the I mean, he's got the skills. He's got everything, but you know, he he's still I mean, he is a freshman. He even said that he said he's still a freshman, guys. He's a kid, you know, he's still trying to learn what we're trying to do out here. And that, that you know, that goes for that goes for everybody. But I, I think early on from everything I've seen, you know, um, especially Anderson and Pickens, they really they really looked apart. Um then you know defensively, and me and um, uh, me and someone were talking about it the other day when they were running through like the two and three deep uh, that were running with the with the defense. There were some guys. I was like, "Crap, I forgot about them." Like, they had so many injuries because they were hurt year. last yeah. year. Yeah, um, and the the ones the complete secondary the ones were all in the twenty eighteen signing class. It was um, Roderick. And uh, J.C. Horn and Mukwamu and the, the fourth guy, man, he's he's just leaving me. But anyway, uh, those three I, were were in the start, and that, and that won't happen. That won't be. They won't be. Um, now they might be, but um, I think Jam Williams will be in there as probably the fourth guy going forward. But um, but you know, if one of those guys steps up, you you have the option to leave him in that nickel role. That's true. And then you know, that's true. You, you don't have to. That that that's actually would be a good thing to happen for yeah. you, probably if uh, if that's what ended up happening. And it, and it looks like, um, and they said that they they tried to do this in the off season, but it looks like especially Roderick has put on a little bit of weight. He's more cut. Um, he looks more like a safety than. Um, just a oversized cornerback. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm what I'm saying there. And um, you know, J.C. Horn was a real deal last year. So yeah. um, you get those two guys. That's that's a good start. And like you said, you got guys like Jam and you know Jalen Dickerson and everybody else that got hurt in the secondary last year, except for the guys that were terrible, like Montac and Fenton. They seemed to stay healthy all year, which yeah. was great. Um, but 
Yeah, you know, not not really a lot coming out. Um, Shy's not practicing. Um, Ken Law's not practicing. Um, Sterling and Wanham were both back, but they weren't really doing a whole lot. Um, Keir Thomas was back, but a, a lot of those guys are still coming off of <laughs> season-ending injuries, you know? Right. So, um, not, a, not a lot. Um, Denson was running as the first running back. Um, I don't think that's much of a which, – which I was thinking about this too. Um, I was looking at some of the some of the recruiting notes for going forward. They're going to be without run or without a run, like Tyson Williams is gone. Yeah. Um, then you got Dowdle, you got Mon Denson, and you got AJ Turner at all three seniors, and then you got Fenwick. That's it. Yeah. So Ooh. did that ball drop? No, he caught no. it. Okay, <laughs> this is terrible. This is terrible <laughs> podcasting, but um, yeah, you know it's. I mean, I think if you're if you're most champ in the in the uh, coaching staff, you have to you have to get a running back or at least a couple in this next recruiting class. Right. You don't have anybody else, you know. But uh, yeah, well, nothing, somebody nothing really groundbreaking. To, if somebody could manage to pry a running back or recruit away from Georgia, then that'd be great. You know, there probably would be enough. If you if you took their running back room and just blew it up. And it just distributed running backs everywhere. Everybody would have a running back. That's true. Because it seems like every, every year, year they went from they went from Gurley and Keith Marshall to Chubb and Michelle to Holyfield and Swift. I mean, my goodness, how what? many running backs can you have? Well, and now there's like six of them that are four star or better on the on in the running back room. Ridiculous, you know. And so Ridiculous. yeah, it gets kind of crazy. But anyway, I switched gears on us there a little bit. I was going to ask you. I know of a couple of spots for Clemson, but is there is there a spot where you look at it in the spring and you say, we really need somebody to step up right here because of because of maybe spring injuries, but maybe maybe there were some losses uh, to graduation or the draft or whatever the case may be, um, and then or, or and or maybe there's an injury that hasn't come back yet, and you say we really need this guy to get in this action in the spring and really step it up and, uh, you know, and, and really, uh, really improve? Well, honestly, I think it is running back. Yeah. Um, you know, Dowdle's proved that he cannot stay healthy very long. Uh, he's pretty good when he, when he can stay healthy, but that just doesn't happen. Um, you know, A.J. Turner's moving to defensive back. Um, is he really? Well, he at least for the first five days of spring practice, I think he's going to try – He's one of those guys you want on your team. He'll do whatever he needs to right. do to help. He's your Adam Humphreys, right? Um, and you, you may actually see him. He, he was he was running with the uh, with the punt returns. You may actually see him do that stuff. But um, I think running back is the you need someone to step up. Can Dowdle stay healthy? Can Mon Denson be the workhorse? Um, you know, can, does AJ Turner get any run? I don't know. And um, or does Fenwick step up? You know, he had a good game against Chattanooga last year, but it was Chattanooga. Um, and then I think a key is going to be the offensive line. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You know, you lose Zach Bailey um, and you lose Dennis Daly, who Dennis Daly was really underrated last year. I thought he yeah. had a really good year. He even he played really good against Clemson too. Um, and he's at the combine. He earned an invite to the combine, as did Zach Bailey. Um, but those are two, two guys that were, you know, on the verge of all SEC that you're losing. Um, you know, Donnell Stanley's coming back. Uh, but they're moving him to left guard, um, and then there's some, you know, there's some, uh, there's some competitions out there. So Sedarius Hutcherson, they're thinking, is going to move to move over to right, uh, or excuse me, left tackle, and they're going to move uh, Little Wanham, uh Dylan, Dylan over to over to right tackle, and then you got guys like Hank Manos and some other guys that are um, fighting for the center spot. So, you know, I, I think it's just. Uh, I don't know if it's a concern right now, um, offensive offensive line wise. I think you just you got a lot of guys that you know have the potential to to help you out. There's guys you haven't seen a whole lot of. Eric Douglas is another name that was a four star guy uh, a couple years back. He's fighting for that right guard spot. So, you know, I think it's going to be. I, I think the offensive line will be okay. I think they just is finding the right unit, and that's probably even going to be hard to do in the spring. Um, but you want to see what you guys, what your, your, what kind of guys you have, and what they can put out there. So, I'd say um, the two biggest question marks would be um, offensive line and running back. And defensively, I mean, it's after last year, you, Lord knows we saw what we had because we had to. 
Yeah. Um, so I don't, I, I don't really know. There's probably not going to be any surprises. Is that That's what the you're thing. saying? I mean, like they could <laughs> put anybody out gonna... there and you'd be like, well, he played last year. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hang in there, buddy. Yeah. I'm getting choked up over here watching Carolina. Probably, <laughs> is it that probably, or is it talking about Carolina football? Maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> is there any guy that um, – and I'll answer these same questions for Clemson in a minute, but is there any guy that you've you've been hearing – you hear people talk about the eye test, they pass the eye test. Is there one that came in and everybody's been like, wow, this guy really passes the eye test, or, or have you seen anything like that? I think it's Joseph Anderson. Yeah. I think he came in and was everybody's like doggone this guy is uh they said he's a, he's a grown man so um and pickens is too i mean which i want to get your thoughts on this he's gonna be number 26 pickens is that's a weird that's a weird choice yeah i, I read clemson's got some they've got some that's changing too you're gonna have a lot of single digit defensive linemen this year i think you know i don't hate that i, I actually i actually like the single digit because back in the day you know Ingram and Clowney were six and seven. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't mind that. Um, and Ken Law changed from 99 to three this last year. So I don't, I don't yeah. hate that. But 26 is just a weird No, That's a running back number, you know? Right. I don't know. That's just, that's odd. I mean, Lord, he could wear, he could have a prison jumpsuit on for all I care. I don't, <laughs> I mean, as long as he's good, it doesn't matter. Right. I don't know. That just seems, that seems odd to me. I don't know. Well, to, to answer those, those questions for Clemson, those same questions for Clemson, um, I think there's there's actually a couple of a couple of positions where I would say, uh, you know, there, there's there's the question marks. I think obviously the defensive line. I mean, you you kind of know what you're getting out of Xavier Thomas, but other than that, I mean, you you would know what you're getting out of Niles Pinckney, um, and and probably to an extent the same as Jordan Williams. Like you haven't seen a lot of Jordan Williams because who because of who has been ahead of him. But they're really high on Jordan Williams, and what you have seen of him was really good. And so I think those two guys being the two starters at defensive tackle, everybody kind of knows what you're getting, even though they haven't been starters. But the problem is, is both of those guys are out for the spring. So then the question becomes, well, who steps up next? Well, stepping in there first is going to be Xavier Kelly. But then who's the next guy? Mm. It's a freshman. It's got to be a freshman just you know, pretty much out of out of necessity. I mean, you've got Darnell Jeffries who redshirted last year, and uh, but you haven't heard a whole lot of him out of out of him uh, from camp so far. You know who rolled out with the ones today? Tyler Davis, true freshman defensive really? tackle that wow. just enrolled some what six eight weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and it's and it's out of sheer necessity. But I will say this too: that may actually be. I don't want to say a good thing because it may not be a good thing, but it may actually be okay because somebody's got to get that experience and they got to get it quick. You know what you're getting out of Pinckney. You know what you're getting out of Jordan Williams. So you don't really need them to run out there. And since they're on the shelf, that's going to give Tyler Davis and Darnell Jeffries both an opportunity to get a lot of playing time this spring. And so they're going to get some, some really quick and early seasoning. Um, and then I think the same thing at uh, on the offensive line. I think they're really happy with what they've got out of Will Putnam, the true freshman. He's been coming out at left guard, and he's been he's been running out a lot with the second team. But what they've actually done, and this was interesting to me, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but and of course you weren't there with me, but I don't know if you remember seeing it on TV. But during the Clemson Notre Dame game, late in the second half. I look out there and I see Sean Pollard at center. And I look over to Chris O and I'm like, is that Pollard at center? And he said, well, it sure is. Nothing had been mentioned about Sean Pollard playing center. If you'll recall, Pollard was the starting right tackle on our national championship team two yep. years ago. Yep. And then he got beat out last year by Tremaine Ankrum, and then they kind of moved him to guard. And so he's been plugging in at guard and Cervinka kind of took his spot. And then he's just kind of been all over the place. Well, then – Cervinka had been penciled in as the first team center, you know, going forward with Falsinelli graduating. But then coming to spring practice, Sean Pollard's the one that trots out at center, and Cervinka trots out at right guard. So I think that's a, an interesting development as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you you look at uh, Ankrum's going to be obviously one of the one of the tackle positions. The question is going to be how quickly does um, 
Jackson Carmen come along? Or do they have enough faith in Carmen to leave him at left tackle? And he got a lot of seasoning behind Mitch Hyatt last year, and I think he's going to be great. But the question is, is, is he ready to protect the backside, or are they going to move Ankrum to left tackle and put uh, either Carmen or somebody else at right tackle? Uh, obviously, the, the left guard position is, is locked in with, uh, with Simpson. But other than that, you know, there's kind of some mixing and matching at all those other positions. So the offensive line is going to be it's going to be an interesting thing. And then the 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 last thing that I would say would be the uh, the cornerback position opposite of Terrell. Uh, obviously, AJ Terrell is locked into one of them. Uh, but there's been some good praise coming out about Sheridan Jones, one of the early enrollee freshmen. Um, but then you've got you know guys like. Uh, Mario Goodrich, uh, you've got guys like Lee Anthony Williams who kind of dropped behind Goodrich and Kyler McMichael last year, two freshmen and a sophomore dropped behind them on the depth chart. So those three guys are battling it out, along with Sheridan Jones trying to get a little PT in there. And then you got an Andrew Booth coming in in the summer, and he's going to he's gonna come in and say a few things in that conversation too. So mm-hmm. be interesting to see what happens there. As for the guy who, who really passes the eye test, all I've seen is Jalen Lay. Jalen Lay, Jalen Lay, the big tight end. Uh, they said he just he pretty much dwarfs everybody in that tight end room. Tight end's potentially going to be a problem. Yeah. Now, how much of a problem? I don't know. Would you rather trot out three Clemson wide receivers and a tight end knowing who we've got in our tight end group, or would you rather trot out four Clemson wide receivers? Who? That includes Justin Ross, Amari Rogers, T. Higgins, and – just pick your fourth one. Right. You know, DeAndre Overton or one of these freshmen. I've heard a lot about uh, Ngata and Frank Ladson. Ladson, they say, he's got to pack on some weight. But the, the, the kid out of California, Ngata, he is uh, – Joseph Ngata, he's they, – they, they're comparing him already to Higgins and Ross. Like, he's ready-made, you know, to step right in physically um, and, and just, you know, take it over. So – if you've got the option of sending J.C. Chalk or a true freshman out there uh, at tight end or one of those receivers, who are you going with? Well, I think you go receivers unless, unless you know, the freshman tight end is as advertised. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> Clemson's had some great tight ends. You know, Dwayne Allen, Jordan Leggett. I mean, they've, they've utilized it. But this, I mean, the tight end's been non-existent here, you know, recently. It really has. And these guys, I think, you know, J.C. Chalk is one of them. Now, he's got the, he's got the, the knowledge mm-hmm. uh, being, being Gene Stallings' grandson. But, you know, talent-wise, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And you haven't had anything since Jordan Leggett. The, only, the, the closest thing to Jordan Leggett, Mylon Richard, nope. Garrett Williams, nope. Now, Williams could come back. He still could come back, but he's, he's pretty much made the decision that he's going to go into the military. He wants to be a Navy SEAL. And so okay. uh, he's planning on going into the Marines and then, I guess, switching over to go to, to SEAL school or whatever it is that, that, he that they go to. must be a bad tail, then. I, I don't know. I don't know. Or a tough son of a gun. Yeah. One of the two. Well, you know, he's got goals. And, hey, and that's you know, that's what his means. goal is. And he's yeah. determined, obviously, that, you know, football is not, not the ultimate goal for him. Just so. like Josh Belks is to drive a truck. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Some, some people have greater ambitions. But um, – but he's uh, he's got the option to come back, but it doesn't sound like he's going to. So that really just leaves Chalk and and the freshman because Braden Galloway, who would be the most the the closest thing to Jordan Leggett, and you saw flashes of that last year, but he's he's looking at a one year suspension right now. Yeah. So by default, Jalen Lay becomes your second string tight end. Now he's huge; he's like six five, six six, but he's running in at at two hundred twenty pounds. Mm. So he's got to pack on some weight if he's going to be a blocking tight end. Um, otherwise, he's just going to be like a fourth receiver, right? You know, size-wise. And uh, and then the other thing uh, we want to make one mention uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, I've heard uh, heard and seen comparisons of Tyshawn Pumachon, the quarterback out of Connecticut. I've seen him compared to Kelly Bryant. I went and watched his film the other day. I would not compare him to Kelly Bryant. Not seeing it, huh? And I think I think what what uh, and and one of the things Tiger Illustrated says, hey, we we've compared him to Kelly Bryant before, and you know they're kind of saying in terms of career trajectory, you know, caliber of prospect kind of thing. But they're saying he throws a really really good ball, 
And that is not necessarily something you could say about Kelly Bryant. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, if you want to talk about career, you know, trajectory as in he's, you know, he's going to be following Trevor Lawrence just like Kelly Bryant followed Watson, you know, or he's going to be sandwiched in between, you know, Trevor Lawrence and potentially DJ Uyangalele. Okay, fine, I'll buy that comparison, but – I'm not buying the comparison as far as his, you know, his skill with with spinning the ball because I think he does it a lot. Just from what I've seen on film, I think he does it a lot better than Kelly does. So okay. Well, what? I uh, I found a famous forty-one. Okay. Dirk Nowitzki, man. Oh, Dirk! I, I thought that was pretty cool. What Doc Rivers did the other night. That was pretty cool. That was that was awesome. That's, well, very classy. Uh, that's interesting. Very yeah. classy. Yeah. Dirk Dirk's a guy I think everybody likes. How can you not like Dirk? Right. You know. Right. My man's had when he was in his prime, he was one of those unguardable guys. He was too big for the, I mean, he was too quick for the for the forwards and too big for the guards. You yeah, know? and that that shot he had, I mean, it was he got it so far up, it was virtually unblockable. When Dirk had it rolling, it was a lot of fun to watch. I've always, I've always, I mean, not necessarily a fan, but you know. He kind of am like I. I've always kind of liked Dirk, so yeah, that's a good forty-one. I, I figured I figured you were gonna come back with some off-the-wall NASCAR driver, you know, like 41. a well, it was like Kurt a Casey Bush. Mears or it somebody. Was Kurt Busch, but he went to the one now. It's Daniel Suarez. Okay, but, yeah. NASCAR's not been a lot of fun so far. No, no, it's not, not a lot to talk about there. I haven't watched much of the AAF. I'm gonna be honest. You know, I, I figured something out about NASCAR. You know, we were talking about how how they've lost so many fans. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of the things that I figured out the other day that has, that has lost me. Uh, and it, and it, when I stopped watching, it was a lot of Jimmy Johnson winning and I just got tired of seeing it. Yeah. Like I said, now he's wrecking everybody. Right. But along those same lines, uh, right about that same time frame is when they really started televising a lot of the college baseball games, at Uh, least on the ESPN app. hmm. And so now on Sunday, I'll turn the ball. I'll turn the baseball game on if Clemson's on the ACC network. I'll turn it on and watch that instead of the race. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of been one of the things that uh, that has kind of taken me away from NASCAR. But I, I still I have to this point what two races in, I've already watched more NASCAR than I have in the last three years combined. Okay. So well, you get you're you're at least giving it a shot. I am I'll giving it a shot, that. but they're not. It, it's it's not getting any better. I'm just no. I'm not impressed. Um, you know these guys get in a line and they just drive. There's no ra- there's no actual racing involved. I think they need more short tracks. I think that would help. I think they got too far away from their base. Their base was in the deep south, and they had too much of a desire to go into Michigan and California and Las Vegas and Chicago and all these areas Noma. where yeah. nobody really gives a crap about NASCAR. Right. And so I think when they pulled out of North Wilkesboro and Rockingham and all these tracks that they had been in for years and years, and they pulled one of the races from Darlington. Are you kidding me? Darlington's yeah. one of the greatest tracks of all time. I agree. And you're pulling a race from there, the Labor Day no, race let's go at to New that. Hampshire. Yeah, the yeah. Labor Day race. You pull it out of there and send it to California or wherever it went. You know that that makes your base mad, and if agree. your base bails on you and you're taking it to areas where they don't care, then you're gonna obviously lose money. They mm-hmm. talked about the Daytona 500 being sold out. I don't see how. Yeah, I don't either. You know, there's empty stands everywhere, and that race at Atlanta last last week. Yeah, Did you see there. it? There was yeah. nobody at that race. That place sees like 125,000 people. I bet you there wasn't 25,000 people nah, there. It was pretty bad. It was yeah. awful. Yeah, but. I hope that the, well, I don't say I hope because I don't hope this at all. But uh, the Gamecocks in the top of the eighth just stranded runners at first and second and had one out, and mm-hmm. uh, that could come back to bite them. Yep. Uh, yep. Tigers have uh, Jordan Green at the plate right now, and uh, so the bottom of the order is coming up. Brett Carey on the mound for the Gamecocks here in the bottom of the eighth. Um, he's been pretty good so far this year, and looks to have pretty good stuff. This is the first time I've seen him pitch in person, but. Um, yeah, let's hope we can hold on to this lead. Um, I, I thought we were going to give them a live play-by-play there for just a second as you started doing a little color commentary there. Yeah, I, I mean, we can do it if you want to. <laughs> I've done it before. Yeah. I need to get on I need to get on one of those broadcasts with Michael this year and and uh, broadcast You know what? I will say baseball this. games. It's a lot of fun. When me and him do it, it's a lot of fun. Oh, I'm sure. Um, even back in the day when I did the play-by-play and he was the color, it was it was a lot of fun. So – um, 
yeah, I mean, shoot, you jump on there with us. I'm going to try to make it down to as many games as I can, but Lord knows after Fridays I'm I'm so daggum tired. I'm, my, my head's scrambled. I don't know if I'd <laughs> maybe just be spewing. I may have been just spewing nonsense tonight. I don't know. I'm, it's been a long been a long day, but um, I have enjoyed it, though, Jerry, here on the Dirt Nowitzki episode. Yeah. Um, Sit I was, down. I was going to touch base on real quick on – I was going to see if there was anything that really popped out. There was a lot of um, uh, a lot going on with the combine today. A lot of the a lot of the Clemson player. Clemson has eleven players there, and they uh, they went through and, and did their measurables. Uh, that to me that's not real interesting. Um, and so I don't really see anything about any forty times or anything like that popping up just yet. So um, you know, if you're a Clemson fan, check out TigerNet. They've got a lot of information on there. It's all free. You don't have to have a subscription. And uh, they've got all your measurables for all your players that uh, that are at the Combine. Uh, that's Dexter Lawrence, Mitch Hyatt, Christian Wilkins, Hunter Renfro, Cleland Farrell, Austin Bryant, Kendall Joseph, Trey Lamar, uh, all there. Austin Bryant uh, ended up um, pulling out of the uh, – uh, he's doing the – you know, they're, they're doing his measurables and everything, but he's not doing any of the drills – uh, because he had surgery, so he's pulled out of that. But all the rest of them are going to be doing that here in the next couple of days. So if you're interested in that type of thing, see how many bench presses they do and how many. I'm sure Hunter Renfro is going to be throwing them through the roof. But uh, <laughs> how many you think you'll get? Two twenty-five. Two twenty-five. Five. I was going to say four. Yeah. Which for I mean he's not the biggest fella, so that's pretty that's no. more than I could get. Yeah, I couldn't get it once. Me either. Or twice, yeah. not once or twice. No, no. I mean, I'm curious to see what he runs in the forty. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Now that it, I mean, I I'll have him on my football team any day. He could run a six. Well, he, the thing about him is not so much his speed. It's just he's how he's such a he's such a technician he's and such that, a precise route runner. Yes, and yeah. he and he has the he has some of the quickest change of direction that that I've ever seen. Well, David Sharp is having a terrible day at the plate. That's like his third or fourth strikeout. That's back to back. K looking for the Tigers here yeah. in the bottom of the eighth. That's not great. And that's a strike. I mean, that's yeah. that's, I mean, that's right on pitch. the outside corner. That's a great pitch. You got to be swinging at that. No, that's not Sharp. That's, that's, uh, Teodosio. that's Teodosio. So, yeah. no, I'm not surprised at all there. <laughs> uh, I should have talked bad about him before he struck out and he would have hit a bomb and tied the game. Right, right. But All right, Kevin. Well, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll have something going here in the next uh, couple weeks, and uh, we're right at about an hour, so that's right right about where we want to be. That's right. But uh, you want to take us out as you always do with the incorrect Twitter handles? Yeah, mine is uh, K Bennett underscore five. Yours is Jerry G Taylor. Yep. Yep. Michael's is I don't know Mike Bennett WBCU I think, and. Twitter, I don't check it. Um, <laughs> Facebook's quite frankly podcast. We ain't, we haven't, we haven't even posted, posted on, on there in a page. minute. I bet we've got like ten listeners from the last episode. Probably, yeah. You know, we, I don't know. I have checked it. We're doing pretty good. We we had, we, we, we had over two hundred on one of them. Me and my, me and Mikey built up the listenership pretty good. I think. Yeah, I think we did doing uh doing all the foolishness we did back in the day, and now we just we're just keeping it rolling. Reaping now, the so. reaping the rewards. That's of right. It. I'm telling you, fruits we got, of your labor. We need to get Mikey back on before we do. long. I know he's got a lot going on, but um, maybe post wedding we can get him. No, we got to get a wedding preview episode in. Hey, we could do that too. And we'll, we'll, we'll the intro music. We can just do wedding music for the intro. That's right. That'd that be that would be cute, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be great. That's <laughs> like, didn't we play? Didn't we play funeral music or organ music that time when Holbrook got fired? I can't yes, remember. Yes, you something. did. We yeah, did you something. did something like that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, we can. We, we, I tell you what, you line it up because you may have better success than I do getting a hold of him. So. Yeah. Yeah. We should have just y'all are rec- about to record a Wofford podcast, right? Mm-hmm. We should have yeah. just paired them all together. That's yeah. what we should have done. I tell you what, if if we all had three, sit down. All three looking. Good gracious! And all I mean, all I mean, I don't know what you're looking at. I don't either. They're all Dang. right down the middle. Carrie was dealing. Um, that's a good pitch. Right that is there. a great pitch. Um, anyway, if if we have anybody that's listening and wants to, um, if you're not, if go ahead and, and check the short hair dog. I'm gonna throw a plug in here quick. 
Uh, me and Mike's going to be doing a uh, an all fantasy or an all time Walford team. So we're going to have a fantasy draft of Walford players, and we're going to field a team and uh, see who comes out on top. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. If you're yeah. interested in listening, um, I'm, I'm sure if you, if you know anything about Walford football, it won't be hard to guess who our number one pick in the draft will be. Whoever gets that, we're going to do a hard game or a intense game of Rochambeau or flip a coin or something to get the first pick to see who gets Breitenstein. But uh, well, other than that. Since you said that, that reminded me. Uh, the NCAA.com came up with a Clemson all-time starting lineup for baseball. Okay. You listen to this. Tell me, tell me what you think about it. All right. Uh, outfielder, Shane Monahan. Do you remember him? No. Shane Monahan played back in the mid-'90s uh, with Chris Benson and that crowd. He was, I was an like two absolute – I was like two or three in the mid-'90s. He was an absolute stud. Really? My man hit like 475. <laughs> two, listen, in the, in the major league spring training, he hit like 475 – two straight seasons, and never got on the big league squad. I don't think he ever took an at-bat in the big leagues. Apparently, he just he had one of those very abrasive personalities, and a lot of people didn't like him, and so he wasn't an asset to the clubhouse, and he never made it wow. to the big leagues. He wow. raked. He raked in the minor leagues his whole career and never made it to the bigs. Uh, don't be a jerk. The most recent name on the list, outfielder. Seth Beer. Seth Beer. As you do. Yes. Uh, outfielder, another outfielder from the early 90s, Billy McMillan. You might recognize that name. I've heard that before. He yeah. was the uh, – he was he played with the Marlins in the big leagues, and then he was most recently the manager for the Greenville Drive. Okay. Several years ago. Uh, he has moved up in their organization. Uh, shortstop, got a guess? Khalil. Khalil Green. Third base, got a guess? Who? Uh, Schaefer. I don't know. He switched between first and third, but no, it's not him. Jeff Baker. Oh, okay. Jeff Baker, the ma- major league journeyman. He was yeah. all over the place. Dude had the biggest head. He wore like a seven and seven eighths hat or something like that. That's a big noggin. That's a, it's a huge head. Yeah. Um, first baseman. This is an old one for me. I don't even know this dude. Like his name is literally dude. Dude Buchanan. I don't know. According dude. to this, I hope his name is Duke Buchanan because uh, I think they just spelled it yeah, wrong. Had to. But yeah, it says dude. Buchanan, catcher, Burt Heffernan, former major is he, leaguer. Is he kin to Doug? Potentially. Okay. Yeah, probably so. Doug you know, and Doug, you know Doug, Doug was agile. Yeah, he was. He was <laughs> agile. Uh, second baseman, Rusty Atkins. Never saw Rusty play, but his name is on the fence. I have seen that. Mm-hmm. And then they Which listed. If your name's on the fence, you're pretty good. Yeah, they listed one starting pitcher. I'll give you one guess of who it was. Chris Benson. Chris Benson. And do you know who the all-time coach would have been? Leggett? Nope. Before him, Bill Wilhelm. Okay. Yep. Wilhelm was the uh, was the longtime Clemson coach. So, anyway, uh, you, you mentioned the all-time Walford and made me think of this all-time Clemson. Cool. So, there you go. Something, yeah. to, something to roll out on. Uh, as we check out of here, we're in the top of the ninth. The Gamecocks are still up five to four, and the Clemson pitcher just drilled – the first batter of the game. So the Gamecocks start out with a runner on first. That's Noah and, Campbell. And uh, if you want to know exactly what happens here, you'll have to check the box score. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Signing off on the Quite Frankly podcast, I'm Coach Jerry. And for Coach Kelly, we will see you on the next podcast. Whiskey is a gasoline that lights the fire that burns the bridge. Creates a water that's no longer running under it. Stool holds the food that pulls the whiskey on its broken heart. Cigarettes create the smoke that hides the lonesome in his eyes. The jukebox plays Hank. I'm so lonesome I could cry. Dance floor holds the folks trying to forget who they are. And that's what happens in every little honky tonk. I'll be D-R-A-G-N-Dragon And then
hands in every little honky-tonk Gasoline that lights the fire that burns the breeze. 